Hey friend, it's Christina. Reclaiming You has been the go-to podcast for thousands of women just like you cultivating a new chapter after divorce. I'd love to have you join us over on The Pulse. It's our completely free weekly newsletter. You'll join our tribe of resilient women who value personal growth and together are determined to thrive after divorce. Every Tuesday, you'll get an email from me with exclusive tips, techniques, and hacks on lifestyle, finance, well-being, mindset. It's time to heal and attract the life you deserve. And best of all, it's free. Don't miss out. Sign up for The Pulse today at herheartheals.com. And let's conquer this journey together because by healing ourselves, we heal the world. Visit herheartheals.com to join us for free and supercharge your journey to a brighter, happier you. See you there. You're listening to Her Heart Heals Divorce Radio. Hi, I'm Christina Cuevas. Seven years ago, I went through a divorce and it completely turned my world upside down. And I'm so glad it did. I documented my healing to share information with other women going through their own divorce journey. And now, with thousands of downloads around the world from divorced women just like you, I'm here to show you how to ditch the shame around divorce and finally heal so that you can regain the confidence to create your most abundant and joyful future. I'm so glad you're here. This is Her Heart Heals Divorce Radio. If you've gone through divorce, you already know that a life event like this can leave us feeling broken and ashamed. Trust me, I can wholeheartedly relate because this was me just a few years ago. Unfortunately, most divorced women make the big mistake of thinking that time will heal this wound, spending months or years carrying this feeling of failure around everywhere they go numbing their pain, or worse, staying closed off to the idea of love again, and that's just backwards. Does this sound like you? I got you. I created a free masterclass called Divorce from Divorce Without Feeling Like a Failure. In this class, you'll discover how to actually move on after divorce so you can finally feel whole and regain your confidence without feeling like you failed. Don't wait. Click the link in the show notes to add your name to the waitlist and be the first to get notified once this class goes live. I won't be offering this for free forever though, so be sure to sign up for this limited offer. See you there. When going through divorce, it's pretty impossible not to hear the word attorney. One of the most valuable things you can do during divorce is secure a damn good attorney. One who knows both sides of the what-ifs and one who can coach you through all the outcomes so there's no surprises. And today we're in for a treat. I sit down with one of Super Lawyer's rising stars of 2016, 17, and 20, Catherine Mazahiri Franz, and we talk all things secrets from a divorce attorney, and it's so good. I learned so much from this conversation, and I know that you will too. Catherine has been leading the Mazahari Law Firm, which has gained a powerful reputation for taking on cases that attack various social injustices, leading to extensive recoveries for clients. A portion of her practice is devoted to assisting families in times of crisis. She assists clients with 
dissolution of marriage, custody and visitation, property division, and step-parent adoptions. Along with divorce, she also assists couples in negotiation of prenuptial agreements and protection of assets. Her extensive background in law has awarded her several awards, one of which I mentioned earlier as the Super Lawyers Rising Star Award, which, by the way, only 5% of attorneys in each state and practice area annually receive the honor of being included in that list. So that's huge. She is also one of 40 under 40 listed from OKC Business Magazine. Super impressive. She has a wealth of knowledge, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today. And without further ado, on to the episode. Um, yeah, I'm so excited that you agreed to to do the secrets from a divorce attorney topic because I feel like there's there was always so many questions where I wanted to ask my attorney, like I wonder what she you know really thinks about this, or just like. Things from a from an attorney's perspective, um, as just a consumer, or just as somebody who is who has utilized an attorney or has worked with an attorney. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I I liked it. I was like, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to be able to um, disclose anything confidential or you know specific details, or of course not names. Um, but, um, you know, it's one of those things where I think if you're a client, you go through and you have, um, you have an emotional stake in what's going on. I mean, this is your life, right? And um, yeah. I always tell my clients, like, look, you hired me because you are trusting me to be objective and to look at this from a very objective, non-emotional point of view. And so I'm going to guide you through this, but you have to trust me. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to just kind of answer any questions and hopefully shine some light on the process because it can be, um, I mean, it can be grueling for sure. Totally, especially because I was doing some research and I was reading that the average divorce in the United States takes about 11 months uh, from start to finish to complete. Would you say that's about accurate for an average? I say it's accurate and I say it can go. I mean, I've seen them go up to like you know two, three years. I mean, I God forbid that that is the case because. I always tell my clients, like, look, if you get in a position where um, mediation is an option, um, that might be something to consider. I mean, it may be something to consider, one, because, you know, you can take part in making a decision and it's not a judge making decisions for your lives for you, um, but also just you know, the longer you're in a divorce, the more you're going to end up paying. And so, mm -hmm. you know, every single time your attorney has to, um, whether it's preparing for mediation or preparing uh, motions or, 
you know, even writing a letter or an email to the other side, I mean, you're getting billed for it. So, yeah. um, you know, it's just one of those things where um, it's really important to, to have an attorney that's kind of advising you through these things and then also keeping, kind of keeping you informed that there's some things that may be worth fighting about and there might be other things where um, you might consider um, backing down on. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I kind of want to preface this conversation uh, to anybody that these questions or anything that we talk about is obviously just from my own experience or people's experience that have shared with me, this is not legal advice. So anybody listening, please, you know, don't, don't take any of this to, to your own situation. Am I correct in that? Oh, yes. Thank you for prefacing that and, and putting that disclaimer out there. That's right. I'm not giving legal advice to anyone today. This is Perfect. just a conversation in which we're, we're just talking about, um, you know, experiences um, and, and tips in, in yeah. you know, going through a divorce. Perfect. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Um, I was going to say that, so because divorces or cases tend to run pretty long. I mean, it's almost a year for the average divorce. And that's just the average, like you said, you know, divorce battles can sort of uh, drag on into the years. And so I could imagine that you developed a relationship, I guess, with clients to the point where people might call you and try to look for emotional support or things like that. And so I wanted to know, do you ever, does it ever get personal for you? Um, you know, that's a good question. I think that um, you do develop a relationship with your clients. Um, but I would say that um, as an attorney, it's better in a way to um, keep the boundaries of this is our professional relationship. Um, but I do get to know people pretty well. I mean, and I, I do divorces, but um, I also do other areas of law. And I get to know those clients right. very well because this is the worst part of their life, really. I mean whether it is a divorce or, you know, a custody battle, what, you know, nobody wants to call an attorney. Nobody wants to have an attorney that they have to pay to help them and guide them through the worst time in their life. So really, um, does it get personal? I mean, of course, I'm, I am the trusted advisor. I'm the person that is you know, learning the good, the bad, and the ugly of, you know, the most important relationships, um, whether it be, you know, through a divorce or, you know, through their custodial battle. Um, but I think in, a, in some aspects, it's good because when people know that you care, they trust you. 
and they take your advice. And so um, there are boundaries, like I said, it's, you know, it's not like my clients have my cell phone number, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, um, it is so important that people feel like they're heard. And so, yeah. um, I mean, that's one of the reasons that I, one of the reasons I opened my own firm is I started realizing that there was this certain way that an attorney was seen by the public. And um, I think we can be both advocates, but also have compassion. And I think that's the real, um, I think that's what people are looking for at the worst moment in their life. I love that. Um, it's the human connection, right? It's kind of breaking down the barrier that, you know, we're no, we're all human. We all experience these emotions. So I think that's, that's amazing. Um, and I wanted to, I guess, lead into my next question with, which is as far as getting personal, do, does it also come with an advantage of being a well-known attorney or an attorney that's been doing practicing for a long time where you develop relationships with other attorneys and let's say you have a day in court with uh, the person's spouse or the opposing counsel and seeing like, hey, that's actually my colleague that I, you know, I've talked to before. And does it have any advantage that way with you knowing other the other party's attorneys? I would say that there is an advantage in having good connections and good um, relationships with other attorneys in your field. Um, look, each one of us is hired to advocate for our client. Nobody is going to um, back down because there is uh, someone that I call a colleague and a friend on the other side, okay? okay. In fact, if anything, um, I'm going to go to them and say, you know, let's get real here. <laughs> These are the facts. Yeah. And based on those facts, you know this, this, and this. You know, you know that okay. this is how it has to go. Um, or this is how, this is what the law is, period, you right. know? Um, right. But it's good to have those battles and then later still maintain your professionalism. And um, people really respect that um, you can, you know, come up with a very, good legal argument and then later on be respectful and you know maintain that relationship as a colleague yeah and I think it does the, help the client and and going back to what you were saying I think that that those relationships help the client um and it's good for attorneys to um appear before appear before judges because the judges then learn 
that they can trust those attorneys and what what they say. Yeah, I, I was also thinking about um, my own experience of of the judge that got assigned to my case and how sometimes they could be like, well, this judge has a tendency to have a bad day or something like that. I mean, do you, is that something that you experience as well where, I mean, just like anybody, judges are also human as well. And so is it something where that's also an obstacle um, where you get a judge assigned and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> it's this person. <laughs> I think most attorneys um, that work in a particular area are going to know um, that there are certain judges that have certain tendencies one way or another. Okay. Maybe they decide things a, a particular way um, or, um, or may even favor something. And, and that may not be in every single case, but um, it's good to have someone that does go before those judges often and that way the attorneys can um, kind of gauge that and then and change their strategy or look at it as okay this might be a challenge but um this is the the legal argument that we're going to come up with and um this is this is how i think this case should be um should be you know moving forward or um maybe i think this case should be mediated and based on um your particular facts so um it's there's so many different options um but yeah i think that it's really good if you have um, an experienced attorney that has gone before judges. Um, they can really kind of navigate a client through those situations. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, and do you ever find yourself, I'm sure now at this point in your career, you don't experience courtroom jitters, but um, what would your advice be for anybody experiencing having to face their ex in a courtroom? I think with any kind of nervous energy, um, what you can do is try to channel it into something else. And, um, I, you know, I tell this even to my new attorneys, like, stop, um, stop characterizing that energy as like anxiety or nervousness and put that into something else. So let that motivate you to do something else or, um, you know, to make, to something that may make your future better i mean it may be i i guess what i'm trying to say and i don't know we might have to edit part of this <laughs> because i'm like i'm, I'm trying yeah. to figure out the right words here but i think what i'm trying to say here is everybody gets to a point where 
um, they have a certain image of facing their ex or facing whatever the problem is. And it creates a level of anxiety. My opinion and my advice to my clients is reframe whatever it is, whatever your image of this divorce is. Maybe it feels like a failure. Maybe it feels like um, a problem that you haven't confronted until now. Um, and take that energy and put it into something positive. Yeah, I hear you. I think just the fact of where being in a courtroom isn't something that people experience often. And I think just the 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 energy that you feel when you're there is um it also adds to it's the pressure of you know am i going to say the right thing am i prepared what are what is my ex going to say what is what are they going to bring up um i think it's just all those feelings but i hear what you're saying about not giving it a name or calling it by another name and then that way you're I guess your nervous system can be able to accept it and channel it into something else. So I, I hear you. And I would say as to like walking into a courtroom, I would say that probably my best advice to my clients is um, don't worry, I got your back. I mean, mm. don't worry. I am, you hired me to advocate for you. So let me do most of the talking. I have prepared you for everything that I know is coming your way. Now, granted, there sometimes there are surprises. Sometimes we don't know what the judge is going to say or going to ask. There's always going to be that level of nervousness that comes with entering a courtroom it can be very intimidating but yeah um but even with that um that's why you hired an attorney and you should feel very comfortable with your attorney um by the point that you are entering a courtroom and going to a hearing um or a trial yeah Absolutely. Um, and now I wonder it can, if you can finish this sentence or elaborate, but as an attorney, I wish clients would. <laughs> as an attorney, I wish clients would tell me the good, the bad, and the ugly. Always. Uh. Um, we are majorly disadvantaged as your advocate if we do not know all the bad stuff, everything, the embarrassing stuff, all the stuff that your ex could bring up against you, um, that is, you know, that could affect your case and it's very hard for an, you know, an attorney to come up with a reasonable justification 
on the spot if we are not aware of how to best mitigate this or you know reframe it or you know or explain what's going what's actually going on here and so i think that's probably the biggest um the biggest Which, thing oh, yeah. as far as i'm concerned totally yeah and i'm sure you see that so often where yeah you know there's little surprises that come up and you're like you didn't tell me about this <laughs> i know just this little skeleton absolutely just disclose it it's i know it's embarrassing but if i know about it and i know what's coming i can i can come up with a justification in i would say most cases yeah would you say that that's also the answer that you would give for the one thing that clients can do to make your job easier I would say, I wouldn't say that there's, I mean, there's obviously several things that they can do, but I would say, um, yes, that please disclose everything to your attorney. Um, but the other part of it, I would say is like, be very careful what you're posting on social media. Um, be very careful of how you, immediately react to something emotional um you know sometimes particularly in a divorce or a custody situation um you immediately write a text or you immediately respond to an email and those responses that are made out of emotion are recorded and then can be used against you and so probably the best thing a client can do is just sit on something like a text or an email, something that is going to create, you know, something that essentially pisses you off. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Sit on that before you make a mistake and record something that can be later used against you. Totally. I had seen a quote or something like that the other day where it was responsibility is the ability to respond. <laughs> and so it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, making sure that we are taking responsibility for, for that and how we show up or how we don't show up and what we put out in the world. So yeah, I, I totally agree. Is there a common misconception about divorce that you would, that comes to mind for you? I think the most common misconception about divorce is that uh, a person feels like they failed. Um, we get a lot of uh, clients that come here and they just it's it is such an emotional roller coaster they have been trying to keep together a family and 
Um, in some cases, uh, they've dedicated their entire life, um, particularly in the situations where um, we have clients that are housewives and they've dedicated their entire life to this family, to uh, building a future for the family, um, to raising children. And um, there are things that happen that are out of their control and they feel like they failed somehow. Mm -hmm. And I, in those moments, I think it really helps to have an attorney that can be compassionate in those moments because if you can talk to your client about visualizing what is their next phase after divorce. Look, this may be coming to an end, but I need you to envision what is your life going to look like when you're free from this divorce? Because your identity is not this marriage. It, you can have a phase two. You can have a better life after this. And what is that goal? And what does that look like? And that helps their motivation in setting a different mindset um, throughout the divorce process. Um, that's my yeah. that's that's my best advice. You know, I I think I think in many cases, um, and it's not just women; it's also men. People try to hold things together uh, for the sake of the family but it may have been broken for a long time. And yeah. divorce yeah. doesn't have to be a failure. It can be freedom. It's mm -hmm. just a different course. I love that. It's um, That's really in line with what my mission is or around divorce is that maybe the universe or whatever anybody believes in, it has been trying to give red flags throughout somebody's life. And maybe we ignore those red flags. And if we can look at divorce as something to utilize as a stepping stone to say, hey, let's really dive in inward and look at how we can kind of not necessarily check ourselves, but how can we take a look at, at the snapshot of what our life is or what it has become and how can we use this to be better or to create something, the life that we've always wanted that maybe we never thought we could achieve before, but maybe this is the opportunity to step into this new way of being, this new way of life. So I think that was beautiful the way that you put it. Well, thanks. I think uh, that's that's absolutely how I look at it. I, I think that even from a religious perspective, it can feel like a failure, right? I mean, there's certain yeah. people that, um, you know, this is, this is part of their identity. This is how they've seen their life. And for it to be broken, um, when I say broken, it's like the relationship is broken. 
and one person mm -hmm. may have made the decision for both. Okay. And so at that point, how do you how do you deal with this challenge in your life? And my um, my perspective is to look at it as this is just a different course in your life and it may not be ideal it may not be what you chose but the outcome of this can actually be a better life so yep. if you keep that in mind and and i i call it like your phase two you know what what yeah. is going to be your second what's going to be your second act and start to visualize that and let that yes yes absolutely um is there anything else that you can share with us before we close out this conversation <laughs> <laughs> let me see um i would say um i feel like a lot of what we do as attorneys is we guide people um, through the worst parts of their lives, but we can also um, we can also figure out things from a very objective standpoint and help you to find creative solutions. And I think that is, you know, attorneys sometimes get a bad rap or, um, you know, nobody wants to have to pay legal fees. Nobody wants to have to go, uh, go to an attorney to get advice for certain things. I mean, I, I understand that. That's an extra expense on top of everything else. That being said, because we deal with people at their worst moments, we also can really help to find the most positive way of looking at things. We can also um, We can also just essentially we're we're here to just guide people through, you know, that feeling of anxiety when someone is uncertain about their future. And I think um, at this point, what I see um, is that when you hire an attorney, you can negotiate. You can negotiate better as to yeah. what are the things that you want mm -hmm. what are your and then and what are your deal breakers and sift through some of the other things that are holding you back and i think that that is uh it's just so important to have somebody like that that can advocate for you absolutely and taking taking the emotional part out of, as you mentioned earlier, where 
you know, instead of reacting emotionally, because that's all you know, because it's such a deep relationship that you have with this other person, I think hiring an attorney or working with an attorney is, it, it takes that part out of it. So then that way, as you were saying, you can put your deal breakers on there, you can list what your goals are, and then work towards something versus, you know, maybe in the relationship, it was just going around in circles, because you couldn't get what you wanted. And so, um, you know, this definitely seems like it takes that pressure off. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm just curious, and you don't have to record this. <laughs> but oh, yeah. I'm just totally fine. How, long, how long did your divorce take? Um, mine lasted about 18 months. Oh, wow. And it actually, yeah. it's funny because it mm -hmm. actually was longer than my marriage was. <laughs> my marriage was 14 months. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. And, and so I, I'm, I'm curious, like, what did you, did you make the decision yourself? Mm -hmm. Was that decision made for you? Yeah, um, it was a little bit of both. I filed, um, but really what we were fighting for was um, the use of a domestic partnership document um, because we purchased a house prior to marriage. And that home, I invested my whole 401k into. It was like a fixer-upper. And um, I was working for a mortgage company at the time. So I, you can't lend money to yourself. So I couldn't be on title and we got married, fixed up the house, did the whole thing. The house was now worth double. And he came in one day and said, my business is failing. I need to sell the house and pull out the equity to save my business. And I filed for divorce three days later. Wow. <laughs> and I said, you're not getting, you're not getting the house. <laughs> but he ended up walking with, with the house, with the money, with all of it. So um, the big issue for me was battling California real estate law and family law because they didn't they didn't want to mix the two. And they said, if you want to really go after it, settle the divorce and then take him to small claims. But, you know, we, it was part of the settlement where we just said, you know, you can't come refile after this is, you know, this has been done. So at that point, I just, I was up to my ears and legal fees. And I just said, you know what, I trust that even though this person, um, you know, did, did, did a bad thing. Um, I right, trust you that I was taken advantage of for sure. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, you, you never really know a person until you divorce them, I guess. <laughs> um, because yeah, he brought out, he brought out everything. Um, and so I was fighting for this house and, but the most, the moment where I surrendered was the last meeting. We were meeting with the judge and it was going to be the last thing before, like if we couldn't come to a decision, then it was going to go to a trial. Mm -hmm. And when my ex-husband left the room, the judge 
sat down. She was very kind. I was so surprised. She looked at me and she said, look, I have no doubt that this house was yours as well. You're showing me all the documents. I see everything. And she was like, but let me ask you something. I bet you're never going to buy another house and not put your name on title. And I was like, you got that right. And she was like, sometimes the hardest lessons are the most expensive. And she was like, I think you should just walk away at this point. She was like, because if it goes to a trial, it's not going to be good. Um, So that was that. So I, I walked. You know, there are, I feel like most judges are very reasonable. And I've, I've had judges talk to my client, frankly, in front, obviously in front of me. Um, and sometimes that can help to, um, and, and in that same manner. I mean, I've had that happen in, in mediations as well with mediators as well, talking to my client in a particular way and kind of reasoning with them. And there is what happened and then there's the law. And mm-hmm. sometimes the law is not on your side, even if right. what is right is you know, so clear to everyone else in the room. Um, yeah, sometimes, you know, the judges are going to have to analyze something using the law that is on the books. And um, mm-hmm. that is, it's, it's unfortunate in some cases. And, and you know, sometimes it's unfortunate too, because you're fighting and you're fighting for something that I'm sure in in your heart of hearts, you're like, look, I know what is right and what is wrong. And this fits into, you know, this is wrong. I'm getting taken advantage of column. But sometimes it is looking at that issue and saying, okay, how much more money are we going to throw at this? Yeah. Before we walk exactly on and be able, this is, this is stunting me from being able to move on and, and, and look at my future, you know, without these, essentially these shackles tied around my, you know, hands. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's totally to to be in a marriage with a person that you just discovered is this type of person at a certain point, um, you know, what, what value does it have? What value did that house have, I guess, at that point, really? Yeah, totally. And I mean, I totally felt when you said about how to be careful how you present yourself into the world while you're going through an active open case. Um, Because it's so true, you know, everything that I was doing was being documented, it was being monitored um, and it was not fun. And I think just the anxiety that I was going through on a daily basis um, during those 18 months, 
when the judge sat down with me and my attorney was right there next to me, it just felt like the time to let go. Like it just, sometimes you just have to let go. Like you were saying, like, it's unfortunate, but you can't battle the law. Um, so at that moment, I just had to trust that I was going to be paid back or rewarded in other forms. Um, and sure enough, you know, it did. I, I made back what I lost and I, it's the freedom that you were, you know, how you were saying it's the feeling of freedom after being trapped in that 18 month long process was, it was, I got so sick afterwards because it was almost like my body just like, was like, you don't have to fight anymore. You don't have to live in this fight or flight moment. And I just surrendered completely. And it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a lesson. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, you are not, you are not alone in that. I mean, there are so many people that, and we're talking about divorce here, but I'm talking mm -hmm. about litigation, period. It is not right. fun. Anytime people come to me and say, I want to sue so-and-so, I'm walking them through it. And I'm saying, look, this is what we're signing up for. This could be months or years, depending on, you know, what happens, which court, who's, you know, who's the judge. It, and frankly, right now with COVID, I mean, there can be, it's going to be even more lengthy at this point because there can be delays. Um, God forbid that there's an outbreak or something in the courthouse. Um, this is a lengthy process and being in litigation is not fun. Um, having to answer discovery, uh, mm -hmm. having to produce records, having to, um, and I don't know if you went through a deposition in your divorce, having to be deposed and asked questions for eight hours um, and have to answer them on the record. Um, and that doesn't even get you to trial yet when you go before the judge and you're on the stand. Um, so all of these things are part of litigation and it's not fun. And you're going to spend a lot of time with your attorney and you're going to spend a lot of legal fees the longer it takes. And so yeah, I for one, this is not a fun process. Nobody wants to sign up to do it, but if you do do it, then keep in mind that the longer it lasts, the longer essentially you have to deal with, you know, not feeling, like feeling that anxiety and not feeling um, free of this issue that is, you know, looming over your head. Yeah. And a lot of times you have people who are so ready to move on after maybe, you know, the initial shock and not knowing how your life is going to look after without this person that you've been with for so long. And 
Um, but typically that sort of, at least in my experience, faded away um, a few months after that, that re- like it all set in. And so sometimes you just want to move on. And at that point, I had to make the decision for myself, for my own life to say, I can't let this person drag me down anymore. <laughs> like, I just yeah. want to be done. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I'm guessing that you didn't have any children. No, thankfully, thankfully, no, we had dogs. Um, and that was, you know, another thing we, we, he tried to use the dogs um, that he wanted the dogs. And so I had to fight for that, but I ended up with the dogs. <laughs> well, those, so. those little dogs can be like children. I mean, I, the thing is, is that I, I mean, unfortunately it really, divorce can really bring out such an ugliness in people. Um, I find that with men, sometimes they feel out of control. So they try to look for ways to control the other person or control their mm-hmm. attorney. Um, and, and that is something that is, you know, we talked about fight or flight. That is, you know, when people feel out of control um, or have fear, they try to look for ways to con- control their their surroundings. I mean, uh, and and it's not for all men, um, but I would say. And then I, what I see a lot of times with women is, you know, you have an emotional toll, and then you may feel feelings of, um, you know, revenge or, you know, I he can't do this to me, so you might feel defensive. Um, And so it's like the attorney really has to work with their client through those emotions and say, okay, let's look at this objectively. Let's look at how the judge is going to see this. Let's look at what the law says. Um, Mm -hmm. And let, you know, let's talk this through before we react. And, um, and, and just really guide you through that process. But um, it's, Absolutely. It, it certainly can be grueling. And I'm, you know, I'm sorry you had to go through it. But it sounds to me like you've really learned a lot through that challenge. Yeah. I am so um, and that's why I started Her Heart Heals, because I thought how many other women are ready to take a deeper look at themselves because I said, yes, he was in the wrong. Maybe somebody's partner cheated or did the act that led to the filing. But ultimately my biggest thing was how do I, how did I get here? And I still chose this person, you know, I still have a responsibility to change or take ownership of who I was and what I brought into this marriage, why I chose this person in the first place. And how can I make sure, well, because I was reading about the second divorce rates where it's actually higher 
you have a bit more chance of getting divorced a second time than you do even getting divorced the first time. And so it just made me think like, if I don't change my patterns, is there going to be a divorce number two? Because ultimately, if we go into another relationship as the same person that we were in marriage before, thinking that we had no fault or nothing to change about ourselves, then I feel like we're just going to be bringing in and attracting the same type of dynamics, the same set of boundaries. Um, so that was really my, my biggest thing where I said, I have to make sure that this never happens again because, and I'm changing it right now. It's all changing. So I pretty much tore my whole life apart all the way down to my actual genetic lineage of, you know, I'm third generation divorcee, third generation where the ex or the man um, did the same, almost identical, same thing. And I said, okay, there's got to be something to this. So like I was brought up or preconditioned with the same patterns, the same behavioral patterns, the same fighting patterns, the same, all these things. And so you know, I really, really dove deep to make sure that going forward, I don't attract the same people. So. <laughs> wow. That is really deep. And, but you know what? No, I mean, I wouldn't say no. I would say there are not a lot of people that kind of take that time to self-analyze and say, look, this is a pattern or this is something that um this is how i'm going to change things so i don't do this in relate in the next relationship and i you know there's just so many people out there that are not self-aware and so mm -hmm. i've watched you before being so self-aware that you can say okay look there was a problem here. There was his side, which I don't believe was right, but there was also me allowing this to happen and what, what is in me that's allowing that. And that, yeah. that is, it, it takes a big person to, um, to really look at yourself in that way. And so I applaud you for that. And it sounds like, you know, I mean, I've, I've followed uh, some of what you've been doing with Her Heart Heals, and I, it sounds like you're doing really good work. So um, keep up the good work. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I, you know, my biggest thing is when I thought is how many other women are feeling like how I feel. And so maybe if what I'm doing can help somebody else and help somebody change their outcome and take control of their life at this second opportunity, maybe collectively we can help to lower the rate of second, second divorces or third divorces. And how can we, you know, really take responsibility and be self-aware to, to improve uh, life as a collective, you know, I think, there's so many so much blame that happens 
during divorce. And um, yeah, I think just taking responsibility is, is key. <laughs> the ability to respond. <laughs> yeah. Well, my best to you and your endeavors. And I mean, you are going to be you. touching so many hearts moving forward and probably have um, helped people already. And just, you know, putting out kind of a good and positive outlook on divorce. So congrats well, on thank that. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for your time. I know that so want to learn more? I'm going to add a link in the show notes to the website, herheartheals.com. And there you can access all of my helpful tips, the blogs on there and schedule a session with me. Are you on Instagram? I'd love to connect. You can follow me and my handle is at herheartheals. Hope to connect with you soon. Hey friend, it's Christina. Reclaiming You has been the go-to podcast for thousands of women just like you cultivating a new chapter after divorce. I'd love to have you join us over on The Pulse. It's our completely free weekly newsletter. You'll join our tribe of resilient women who value personal growth and together are determined to thrive after divorce. Every Tuesday, you'll get an email from me with exclusive tips, techniques, and hacks on lifestyle, finance, well-being, mindset. It's time to heal and attract the life you deserve. And best of all, it's free. Don't miss out. Sign up for The Pulse today at herheartheals.com. And let's conquer this journey together because by healing ourselves, we heal the world. Visit herheartheals.com to join us for free and supercharge your journey to a brighter, happier you. See you there.